And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of Joshua, let's read verse 1 to 3. I'll read verse 1 to 3. And, and I want to take my time this morning to go through the text. I know it's a very familiar text, but there is so much in there we need to learn as a people. And so what I want to do this morning, I merely studied the text last week. I just introduced the subject, but today I want to deliver the first installment on uh, three sessions. I think I have three sermons left on this particular chapter, verse 1 to 9. And um, let's see what the Lord has to say. Verse 1 reads, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. And notice the Bible says Joshua was Moses' minister. It doesn't mean that he was Moses' preacher. Amen. What he did, he helped Moses. That's where we get the word armor bearer. Amen. So he ministered unto Moses. While Moses prayed in the mountain, Joshua would be there waiting for him to help him. It's the very same thing John, Mark, and Timothy did when they went with Paul on the missionary journeys. This particular side of the ministry is very crucial since you have no idea how beneficial it is to have that type of help. Somebody who can help you. Amen? So you can focus on the Lord's business. And in fact, we see whenever these men were called to assist and minister unto the preachers. They themselves become preachers. Let me say that again. Timothy went and helped Paul. Titus went to help Paul. John Mark went to help Paul. And in the end, they became ministers. Amen. So here we see Moses had a minister, an armor bearer, if you want to see. And God said, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Verse 3, and he says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, the Lord said, That I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So God said the instruction hasn't changed. Amen. The assignment hasn't changed. My promise, my purpose, my will hasn't changed. The same thing I said to Moses, I'm telling you now. My goal as a father, a good, good father, is to take my kids to a land flowing with milk and honey. The Bible says in that land, they would find houses they did not build. Amen. In that land, they would be lenders and not borrowers. Are you getting what I'm saying? Any good father wants to give that to their children, leave a legacy. God said, I've been speaking about this legacy to your, uh, to your founding fathers. If I can use that word, I've been telling Abraham that for years, 400 years, 500 years, I've been telling Abraham, this is where I want to bring your descendants, my chosen people, and my mind has not changed. And since as we go through this text, I want to draw some parallels between the children of Israel, amen, the Old Testament church, if you will, and the New Testament church, us, because we serve the same God, amen, and God, there is a place of rest. God wants to bring every one of us, just like he had a place of rest for the children of Israel. How many of you, you just need some rest? You get what I'm saying? Just some rest. A place where the devil will just not harass you. Mm, on every side, but 
the Bible tells us just like they had to fight the Amorites, they had to fight the Gergeshites, they had to fight the Jebusites, they had to fight the Kenites and the Kenizzites, or they had to fight to get rest. Today we want rest without fighting. <laughs> Everybody wants rest. But rest in the spirit realm comes after a series of fighting and wars. That is why Paul told Timothy, join me as a good soldier and fight the good fight of faith. That's why the Bible calls praying fighting. Agonizimo, that's the, word, that's the Greek word. And it's to agonize, it's exactly what Jesus did in, anybody know where Jesus agonized? In Gethsemane, that's where you win. In Gethsemane, on your knees, that's where you stay before you get real rest. That's where you conquer hell before you get real rest. And so, God as a father, his mind has not changed. He still has a promise land for you and me and everybody else. Amen. You know, uh, uh, this record here, this portion of scripture, I've heard it preached so many times. And I've been meditating, I'm asking, meditating all week. God, give me my own revelation. I need to see something I haven't seen. Because sometimes when you've heard a portion of scripture preached so many times, it becomes familiar to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like, well, I know what's going to happen. I know what's next. I know what's next. But the Bible talks about revelation knowledge. That's why that's what Paul went to get in the in, in the desert in Arabia for three and a half years. And he went out, he went with five books, the Pentateuch, Math, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and, Deuter and Deuteronomy. He went with five books. He came out with 15 books. Because God gave him a revelation knowledge on the word. Amen. Isn't that good? Five books you come out with uh, 13. That's not bad. And so, I want to share with you that this record, this portion of scripture has a lot to say to us as we venture towards the guarantees, the promises. How many of you would agree that God has made certain promises, certain guarantees to us? Certain promises and certain guarantees to us. And since I will never tell you, thus saith the Lord, if the Lord has not shared something with me. For the last three weeks, I've been praying about this text. And the Lord said to me to share with the church. I told you last week that for those of us who are interested, not everybody's interested in getting rest. Now, some people talk rest, but very few people pursue rest. For those of, us, those of us who are interested in getting rest, God would have me share with you that if you take him upon that word from now to December, if you believe what I see, and that is God told me to tell you, Let's forget everything that happened for the last two and a half years. The last two and a half years was rough. You'd agree? Challenging. Mm? And God said, let's just forget and let's start afresh. From July to December, I'm going to extend grace for those of us. There is a text in Amos chapter 9 verse 13. And this is what God, I think God is sharing with us. God is tells told me to share with you he's going to release an abundance of help grace but you have to start moving you cannot steer a parked car amen to steer a car 
at its destination it has to be on the move and so God said if you'll get on the move if you'll start now then that promised land that thing that place I have for you then by the end of this year you will be on well on your way to that promised land are you with me it says here in Amos chapter 9 verse 13 and he's talking about the abundance of God God says behold the days come saith the Lord that the plowman will overtake the reaper the plowman will overtake the reaper in other words the time is going to come where the abundance is going to be so excessive that it will take all of August, September, October, November, December, January, February to collect the grapes. It will take so long to collect the grapes that you'll run into the plowman coming to plow again. Because the abundance is excessive. That's what God, that's what God says he's going to do for those of us who would just take him at his word for the last half of the year. Yes, the first half was tough. It was rough. But brothers and sisters, God is saying, mm, just like he gave Job a double for his trouble, that he is able and he's willing to do that for those of us who are interested. It says here, can you go to verse um, 14 quickly? Verse 14 says, and I will bring again, uh, no, verse 13, sorry, I need to read verse 13. Sorry about that. That the plowman will overtake the reaper and the, and, and the treader, I think that, yeah, and the tread of grapes, the tread of grapes, you know, when grapes will have harvested, they would be treaded upon to release the juice. Amen. The tread of grapes, him that soweth seed. So you'll be treading the grapes and the guy who comes to sow will meet you treading the grapes. Typically, that's not how it is, but because the harvest is going to be so abundant. It's going to take you that long to gather the harvest that the plowman and the reaper, they'll run into each other. Isn't that a blessing? It's like as you give, as you give, bam, you go out and you, and, and you receive. Typically, the Bible says, so, are you with me? It says, seed, time. How many of you are still there? Time! <laughs> it's like harvest is just, harvest is elusive. <laughs> but, but God said the time, there is, no, there, there is no time now. As soon as you sow, it comes up. That's what God is saying. For those of us who are interested, if you are interested, God is going to help us. Amen? There is need for that. There is need. Too many of us are capitulating. Too many of us are not hot for the Lord enough. Amen. We are not hot. Now I know a few who are. Praise the Lord. But we need to come. Everybody needs to bring their fire. In this church I'm asking you to bring your fire. Don't wait to come here to catch on fire. Let me say that again. Don't wait to come here to catch on fire. Come here with your own fire. And when you do we'll have a towering inferno. Amen. So you have to stay hot out there. And when you bring your fire out there. It'll be hot, hot. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Glory be to Jesus. So don't come here talking about, well, I'm coming for, uh, you know, I'm churches that I've heard people say, church is a refilling station. It shouldn't be. Well, I know some of you, my idea of church is just different from what people think. 
If I'm, <laughs> this is what the Bible says, tells us in um in in Second Corinthians, uh, verse one, chapter twenty. Sorry, chapter one, verse twenty. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. Every one of them. God, ha I'm saying this because God hasn't changed His mind. Just like He didn't change His mind to the Israelites, He hasn't changed His mind for us. He hasn't. He's still a good father and he still has good intentions. The problem is we have to cooperate. We have a part to play. Our participation is not where it's supposed to be. Let me say that again. Our participation is not where it's supposed to be. And that most times is the problem. Since God hasn't changed his mind, as long as 2 Peter 1.3 is in the Bible, 2 Peter 1.3 says, According as he hath given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness, that's what the Bible says, that's what the scripture says, 2 Peter 1.3. According as his divine power, ha, uh, present or past tense. What, 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 what gives it to us? Divine power. That's what we lack. Divine power. Since the promised land has been given. It was given to the Israelites. It has been given to us. What we lack is divine power. And so that's why God put Jordan and the Amorites and the Jebusites between the Israelites and the promised land. Because you cannot be the same person you are on this side of Jordan. You cannot be the same person in the promised land. To maintain that promise God gave you, you got to learn how to fight. And so God said, I'm going to put Jordan between you. I'm going to put the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Gergeshites so your strength can be increased. You cannot be the same person since you cannot be the same person. You have to lose yourself so you can find yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what I'm trying to tell you. It is a done deal. But you, we have to change. We got to fight. And yes, for them, it was fighting people for us. It's fighting. Listen to me what you fight. Fight procrastination. The Bible says, the Bible says uh, we have three enemies the world the flesh and the devil say the flesh me say me me you have to fight yourself and let me share this with you if you get yourself together the world and the devil will be nothing to conquer it is not the devil some of us give the devil too much credit the man has no teeth he has a robe but no teeth and so what we have to do is fight, you've heard that phrase, the enemy in me. So what are we fighting? This is what we are fighting. We are fighting procrastination. What are we fighting? S procrastination. This is another enemy we are fighting. We are fighting slothfulness. Are you with me? That's what we are fighting. The slothful. Guess what else we are fighting? Sloppiness. Serving God sloppily. Are you get well? <laughs> we have to be different people by the time we get into the promised land. Let me tell you what else we are fighting: complaining. Yeah, just a big old whiner. A Christian for thirty years, still a whiner. You think since you think about it, you think corporate America can tolerate people like that? These people about business. You want to learn about the kingdom? Go to corporate America. You'll see. 
Yeah, go to corporate America if you want to see how the kingdom functions with precision and uh, and and and. and, and and exactness and class and order go to corporate America you will see they follow the law and as a result they achieve a desired end but you know in church what we say God is good he gives grace grace I'm going to explain more about it but you know why God told the Israelites in Joshua chapter 1. I never saw that until this week. You know why God told the Israelites in Joshua chapter 1. I've given you the promised land. Jordan, the Gugashites, the Jebusites are before you. But all you got to do is one thing. Observe to do according to all that is written in my law. Observe I didn't I look up the word observe since I was shocked when I look at observe observe mean observe mean to exercise great care can I go to uh, Joshua 1 7 please uh, well Joshua 1 it says uh, this book of the law but let's go to verse 7 notice what God told them we are so careless about the word of God the Bible says only only to get to the promised land only one thing you got to do not three things not five things god said to them only do what only be thou strong and be what why do you have to be courageous that you may what observe the word observe here means to exercise great care to be meticulous this is amazing to be meticulous to be to exercise great care to do all the what no, this is what I didn't, minister to me, I didn't see that part. I didn't see that coming. The Lord said to me, law. He said, I call my word law. In, in, in Revelation chapter 19, we have different titles for God's word. God's word is a statute. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. Let me show you how many titles God's word has. And out of all these titles, God told me he chose to use law here. And I'll show you why. I've never seen that. I told you, I asked God to give me. Let's show me something I'm not seeing here. He says in Revelation 19, let's go to verse uh, 7. Let's start from verse 7. It says here, is it Revelation 19, 7? It says the love of the Lord is perfect. No, sorry, Psalms 19. I'm so sorry. You all, I'm so sorry. Psalms 19. Oh, Psalms 19. We've been in Revelation on Wednesday evenings. Sorry about that. <laughs> the law of the Lord, right here. Is perfect. That's a title. That's one title for God's word. The law of the Lord is perfect. And what it does? It converts the soul. It converts to take you back to the original. So if you've been messed up, let me hear. If you've been, if <laughs> God's word is awesome. And when I say messed up, is sometimes the world, the influences, they rub us the wrong way. Mm. some people go through some rough times i know people who've been raped and i'm not, i hate to use these words in the church because sometimes some people go through it and they they experience they've experienced it and they relive it so if you i'm so sorry if you have but some people have been have been raped and it has changed their 
their life, their ways, their thinking, their perception on life. Some people have been through a divorce and it has changed everything about their outlook on life. The Bible says the law of God can convert you back to your state of purity before you were emotionally injured. It will not, let me tell you why it will not work for most of us. Because the Bible tells us in Psalms 27 verse 13, David said, I had... <laughs> He said, I had to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the built. It, it, it only works for people who believe it. People who observe to do all. That's why it doesn't work for every Christian. Most Christians are sloppy. Sloppy in their serving God. But for those of you who are interested, if you are interested, God said, from now until December, I know quite a few of you came to me last week, and we had a good time, you said, Pass, do, do you have a routine? I'll share with you how I live my Christian life, not today. Amen? Can you share? Yes, you tell us there is the promised land, but how do we get there? What? And I'll share with you some things I do, how I live my Christian life, but, but that doesn't matter. What I need you to get here today is understand why God called his word a law. Of all the titles, there's a reason why he used the word law. I had never seen that. I haven't heard that. God told me so while I was meditating, speaking in tongues this week. He says here, can you go back to Psalms 19 verse 7. Let's look at all the titles of God's word. But of all these titles, God chose to use the word law. It says here, the love of the Lord is perfect. What it does? converts the soul it can get you back right pure where you can love again are you with me where you can marry again get, i get what i'm saying where your outlook on life can be pure again don't let the devil rob you you don't have to necessarily go to a shrink day in day out let me say that in english you don't have to necessarily go to a shrink day in day out except if that person is a christian that's what I'm saying. The person is a Christian and they know they've been trained out there, but help is really from God. Then I can trust you to go to them. And I'm saying that unreservedly. It doesn't matter who disagrees with me. Because I've had people who come to me who've been going for two shrinks for 15 years. One word from God changed their lives. Well, let me move on here. Uh, the Bible calls God's word testimony. Here we see God's word is law. God's word is also called what? The testimony of the Lord is what? Oh, men, you can bank on that. You can cash a check, it won't bounce on that. It is sure what it does. It makes simple people look good. <laughs> oh my God. Simple people, it makes them look good. Because it's God. The Bible says, in, don't turn there in Proverbs chapter, in Proverbs 21, 30. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The Bible says the horse is prepared for battle, but safety is of God. God is the one who, it doesn't matter how much preparation you make. God is the one who will make you look good. But you have to believe that. Else it won't work for you. You'll be like me. I, 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 I've been in church for years. And it wasn't until I went to God and asked some certain questions. I used to read things in the Bible. And say, how comes? It's not happening to me. Uh, you know, I'd bought into, God is good. 
God is kind. You know, he's grace. He has grace. And, and just live a sloppy Christian life. It never worked. Until a preacher eyeballed me. And let me have it. So God's word is law. God's word is perfect. It makes wise the simple. You got to say it verse. So we have two titles. Law and testimony. Another title. Verse 8 says. The statutes. Oh. God's word is called law. God's word is called testimony. God's word is called statute. Wow. What the statute does. Rejoice in the heart. Why didn't God tell the Israelites. This book of the statutes. This book of testimony. This, he said this book of the law. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. Let's see what else. He said the commandment. Also oh, God's word is also. Commandment of the Lord is what? Pure. When God gives you a command. He doesn't have ulterior motives. When God gives you a command. God you, you know how many thou shalt not there are. And every time there is a thou shall not, we said, yes, I will. Yes. I don't want to get into examples. You might say I'm meddling. You might say I'm still preaching a meddling. I don't want to be accused of that today. Not the second Sunday in July. <laughs> Read the Bible and find out how many thou shall not. And we run to the thou shall not like it's a like it's a bit for on, on a hook. God said, get away from it, but we are running to it like a fish head into a bit on a hook. What else? And what it does enlightens the eye. Can you go to uh, verse, verse 9? The fear, oh God's word is also called fear of the Lord is what? Clean. Enduring for what else God's word is called? God's word is clean. It's also called judgment. Lord, I, the judgment of the Lord are what? True. So when people tell you God is not going to judge, uh, Revelation tells us just like God judged the people during the time of Noah, just like God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, he's going to judge the earth. There's a time grace is going to run out. So when people tell you, well, God is love. You know, he's a judge. And so, meow, meow, meow. A judge is not a good judge. If he doesn't correct wrong. If he doesn't punish, he's not a good judge. What else the Bible tells us about? The uh, uh, righteous all together. And I think verse 10 says, moreover them to be desired. That's what it says, verse 10. Yeah, more to be desired than gold. But we just look at seven titles. So why did God use the law of the Lord? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Why did God, I'm, I'm going to leave this here as a cliffhanger. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A cliffhanger. Just stay tuned. You'll see why. I'm going to share with you why God told me. He chose the word law and not statute and not judgment and not testimony, but law and not judgment. Because brother, in this world where you have demons, you need law. You need to cooperate with God's law. That's why you don't need statutes. You don't need judgment. You need the one, the God, you need the judge of the world, the judge of the earth. You need to find out what his decree as law and you follow suit. 
if you're going to see his power, his divine power in your life. Are you with me, sir? The Bible tells us it's according to his divine power. That's why it's according to his divine power. He hath given us. For divine power to flow, you must submit to law. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you some things I heard. I learned the hard way. Run the hard way. That's why when it comes to serving God. Let me move on here. So we have a cliffhanger. How many of you will come back? Say yeah. Praise the, <laughs> praise the Lord. So we see here, brothers and sisters, we see here that God is telling. Now, now the reason I, 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 I want to explain this to you because God is not just moved on the hearts of over 40 men. Huh? 40 men living in five different continents with, with, with one theme, Jesus Christ, to write the Bible. The Bible was written by over 40 of authors. They all lived on five different continents. They, they didn't have cell phone to say, what, what, uh, what are you putting? Matthew didn't call Mark and say, what are you putting here? Chapter what? Can I put the same thing? No. They live on five separate continents, yet they, have, they wrote the Bible and there is one theme, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amazing! God didn't put that together by happenstance. He put it together for us. This is what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is referencing the Israelites testing in the wilderness. He's talking to the saints in Corinth and he's telling them, he warned them of a, the period of testing. They were, they were going through some challenging times like we're going through now. And he said to them, this is what he said to them. Can you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 11? This is why Joshua is written. This is why Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is why the history books say in the Old Testament and New Testament are written right here. Now all these things happened unto them. Everything they went through from the time Adam sinned down to Abraham. They went down to Egypt, left Egypt, came over Jordan, went to the wilderness. Here is why God said he did all that. Written what? For our what? Example here means for our model, for our warning. It's a pattern. <laughs> God said you and I are beneficiaries. They were the guinea pigs. You and I, had, it's written for what? For our example. And there were. No it, no. it happened to them as an example. Here is why it was written. It was written for our. Admonition means calling attention to. For our warning. When you see it. It's supposed to. Oh. It's supposed to get your attention. But you know what happened. We read it and we move around saying. Well God is good. And God is nice. If he punished them. And he didn't, and he's not going to punish us because we're under new covenant. Woo! Well, at least that's what I used to do. And God said it's for our warning, it's for our calling. And I'm saying, saints, we need to start paying attention. We need to give attention to details. Let me say that again. We need to give attention to details. People become masters. You know why these people become professionals? I was studying one of the traits of professionals. They give attention to details. They don't major in minors. They major in details. When you major in minor, you cause a lot of problems and issues. But when you major in details, you become a master. 
And I'm begging you for the next six months since. Let us measure in details. Let's give attention to what God is saying to us. Because he wants us as believers to cross over. God said to me, and I'll get it, we'll get into it. I was studying this week. And this is what the Lord said. <laughs> you know the church is so bent on Matthew 28. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And they call it the, uh, how do they call it? The great commission. Oh, it's not the great, it's the great commission. It is not the great suggestion and so on and so forth. The church has two primary roles. The first role is what? everyone talk about the next role is ephesians chapter 3 which is what we miss can you go to ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 Ephesians. let me show you the role of the church ephesians chapter 3 it says to the intent let's go back let's go back to verse 8 paul said now it's given unto me i think it's verse 8 yeah that, um, i just started memorizing this right here it says unto me who am blessed than least of the saints is the grace given that i should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of christ continue to verse 9 and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Here it comes. To the intent, to the intent that now unto what? Listen to me. Now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by whom? The church. What, do, what does the church has to teach angels and demons? Right? What here? the manifold wisdom of god is the church teaching angels and demons anything we are so busy witnessing and we've not mastered showing the unseen realm the manifold wisdom of god let me share with you when we get that the bible tells you me when the bible the bible tells us to be witnesses the bible never say go witness Is the Bible right or the Bible right? The Bible says, and you shall be. I think some of you disagree. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and near the most parts of the world. He didn't say, and you will go witness. No. He's saying, when you get that together, when you get to the point where you can show the manifold wisdom of God, oh, you qualify. And people will run to you because wherever you go, you release the power of God. You lay hands on people. Are you with me? You come. When you come, a solution has arrived. People are going to say, tell me more. Teach me. We haven't mastered that. But everybody's out running, giving tracks. I had somebody give me a truck and run. I said, hello, hello, come here, come here, come here. I said, are you a Christian? I am Syria. Give me a truck and run. Who does that? This is somebody who's not mastered the manifold wisdom of God. This is somebody who sat in a class and they're told, let's, you know, let's get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's go give out tracks. No training, no equipping. <laughs> ah, glory be to God. I know, I know I'm kind of moving some stones beneath your feet, but that's all right. That's all right. That's why you're here. Praise the Lord. We need to master this area first. When you get to the point where God can flow through you and demons and angels say, oh my God, that's all it is. That's all it's supposed to be. Oh my goodness. Witnessing is second nature to you. Second nature.
So God said to the church, <laughs> Hallelujah. He said to us, I'm writing this stuff for you. Yeah, for you, I got you and mine. I'm writing it so you will not be like them. Hmm? You will you should know better. You have a better covenant based on better promises. Their covenant was ratified with the blood of bulls and goats. Your covenant was ratified with the blood of Jesus Christ. You have a superior covenant. Stop behaving like them. Stop behaving. God is saying, come up. And the promised land is not, the pro it's, it's not so much going into the promised land, but it's becoming the right person. That, that's, that's, where the, that's where the thrust of the change comes. It is becoming the right person to cross over. Because brother, when you become the right person, uh, I remembered, I remembered, my wife is not here, right? Praise the Lord, she's not here. Praise God. Before I got married, I'd reached a place in my Christian life. I'd built so much momentum. Anything I thought of showed up. Anybody I laid hands on, just like that. And I look back and, and I got married, got EJ, and <laughs> things changed. But when I was single, every day, morning, noon, and evening, three hours pray. In between that, speak that's praying in English. In between that, I'm uh, two hours speaking in tongues. I'm talking about in my early twenties, and I'd reached a point where I'd built so much momentum. L let me share with you what I'm talking about. One day, I was in the church praying, and the Lord said to me, "You're broke. You need a job." <laughs> Anyhow, I kid you not. Here was I asking the Lord for money. He said, "You're broke. You need a job," and I said. I was praying for money. <laughs> that's, that's not what you do. You sow. That's, that's the law. But we do not want to submit to the law. It is a law. That's why God said it is a law. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow that you shall reap. Hear my praying. That's against the law to pray for money. <laughs> well. You know, it may not be for some of you. Some of you may say, yeah, it'll, it'll come down from heaven. You know, okay. It didn't come down from heaven for me, I'll tell you that. So here was I at the church on the parkway. And when the Lord ministered, I said, okay, Lord. And I said, lead me. So I was, I was on my way home. And I just thought about it. I said in my mind, man, I would like to work at FAMU in the budget office. I just said that. On my way home, a friend called me. He said, Emmanuel, I'm going to farm you. Wouldn't mind? I said, yeah. I'll come. As soon as I entered in the office, the lady said, oh, we were just thinking of giving somebody a job. Just like that. One day I was on my way to church to pray. And the Lord said to me, not today, go to this house at that particular address. When I went there, if I didn't go there, the person would not be alive today. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. But you know, I got married, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Got a kid, praise God, so your time get diverted. I'll get back there. I'm after it. So it's becoming the right person. Where you come to a place where you just at rest in God. <laughs> oh, you just at rest. Is there pain in my body? Lay my hands, the pain disappear. Ah, 
That's a lot of rest. You begin to help people and lay hands and you begin to serve. Are you with me, saints? When you reach somewhere, it's all joy. No problem. What is a, what is a mountain for people is just a, a small stone for you. Because your focus is on God. Everything is God. And so, God said, what I gave you, what I wrote for you, it is for your example. It's supposed to call your attention. It's supposed to call your attention. But it's not calling your attention. It's, it's, that's not what's happening. So what God intended for us, amen, it's not, it's, it's not happening. And so, God sent me here to tell you that today. Twice twice brothers and sisters God told Joshua let's go back to Joshua 1 verse 7 and 8 twice God told Joshua you need to observe you need to observe you need to take special care you need to be meticulous you need are you getting me sense there are some things you cannot risk not doing it says here you got it Joshua 7 only be thou strong and courageous and that thou mayest observe to do some somewhat all 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 the law which Moses my servant he jumped can you go to verse 8 the next verse over let's see what he says again he says here this book of the law he's calling it what how is he calling the word of God law not statute not judgment the law you know what the law is for 10 20 life you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you do that thing and then it's 10, 20 life. It is a law. A lot of people don't, but some people tried and they found out it's really 10, 20 life. Yeah, because it's a law. It says it's the same thing with God. God's word, he said for you to go into the promised land, for you to become the person, you need to become like Caleb and Joshua. My word has to be law. <laughs> you remember Joshua? Joshua was fighting the Amalekites. The sun was going down. <laughs> and the Amalekites were escaping. Joshua looked at the sun. Old Testament Josh. Not New Testament. Old Testament, the spirit came upon them. New Testament, the spirit is, is in us. <laughs> Joshua looked at the sun and he said, Son, stand still. That's what he said. He looked at the sun. Now, I told some people when it's going to run, I'm going to jog. I look at the weather. If it's going to rain, I say, rain. Not now. I reverse the condensation process until after I walk. They laugh, but it works. Yeah, it works. Once it works for me, that's okay. It may not work for you, but I have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. It's not your Christian life. It's my Christian life. It is not your life. It's my life. And I know that very well. Yeah. He said this book of the law. It's law. Shall not depart out of your. <laughs> we say everything else. Apart from God's work. But you shall, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to get deep into it in the next two uh, installments. But 
you shall meditate there in day and night that you may here it comes observe to do according to all and God is saying to you brothers and sisters here today you've got to be meticulous <laughs> you've got to exercise great care as of today if you want to become the person who's going to cross over into the promised land you have to be meticulous exercise great care to do all that is written in God's law and if you don't and if I don't you'll stay on this side of Jordan all your life you're going to heaven nobody's taking that from you mm? but to experience the land flowing with milk and honey to experience the land where you'll not be borrowers but lenders you got to take God's word as law you don't bend you don't dance around it expecting it to change you just say well, well this is it on earth that's it okay you don't try to negotiate with the government with the federal government to change their law so why do we do that for why do we do that to God think about it sense I'm almost done I'm almost done and so the stories are given in the, in the scripture about the people related to God and the accompanying positive or negative results are recorded for our benefit this is what I want to tell you the process can be simplified by believing the map God has given us believing the map we don't have to learn everything by going through the school of hard knocks how many of you know what I'm talking about go through the school of hard knocks by the time you come out you're so broken down <laughs> you can barely stand amen they went through the school of hard knocks for you they did you see what happened to them in Deuteronomy chapter 8 God said if you do this up to verse uh, up to verse <laughs> He said, bless you be in the city, bless shall you be in the field and so on. But he said, if you refuse to do these things, then all of this is going to happen to you. It is written, God said, if you do these things, I think it's 8 verse 2 verse 15. You don't have to turn there. From verse 15 to verse almost 60, God listed in detail what would happen to the children of Israel. You know what they did? They run to the very things God told them do not do. Do you know what we are doing today? We are doing the very same thing. And then we are saying, praise the Lord. Like that will change. Let me tell you, saints, get wise. Let me get wise. It's time to get wise. I wised up too late. Too late. I wised up too late. I wish I'd done it in my early 20s. Check God's words as law. God said to do this. Okay, I'm not doing it. God said to me in, in, in Colossians chapter 4 verse 3. He said, I must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Don't call me talking about other Christians. I, I don't have time for that. Colossians 3, 4. 3, 4. God, that's what God said. He said to me, I have to foster. Amen. He said, oh, is it Colossians 3, 4? Colossians 3, 6. Something. Or Ephesians 3, 4. Some. He, are you with me? He said, I have to esteem my brother more than myself. So I do that. I got to esteem you higher than myself. You got to see it. I think is it Colossians 3 4 or Ephesians 3 4? One of them. I or 4 3. Praise the Lord. You got it? 4 3 or 3 4? You got to see this right here. That's for all of us. 
Glory be to God. Where is it? It's coming up. Okay, it's not Ephesians. It's not Colossians. Colossians 4.3. Is it, is it 4.3 or 4.4, or 4.5 or 3.4? You got it? it? It says we have to endeavor to keep the unity of... Huh? No, I... Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Sir, sorry about that, saints. I think I had Ephesians 4.3. I knew the Colossians or Ephesians. Thank you so much. You know the book of Colossians and Ephesians are very familiar. They call them the brother and sister book. Sorry about that. So I sometimes I keep them, I get them crossed. But that's okay. I'll get there one day. Amen. It says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's what the Bible says. This is, I take this as a law. That's what, that's a law. You know why I take this as a law? Because when I lay hands on myself, I want to be healed. I still want to experience the promised land, that place of rest. I do that. I, for example, example, I remember before I become a minister, I used to look at other ministers. We all do it and never have anything good to say about them. Never. And God brought this to my attention. We all made, I made these mistakes. I'm not saying I'm not. I made these mistakes. I made them until God sent a preacher to tell me. He said to me, speak the word only. Yeah, speak the word only. Yeah, he said, speak the word only. That's what you do. Just speak the word only. If it's not the word, I don't discuss it. Because I want to become the person who can cross over into that promised land. Oh, God has, God has a place of rest for us. But we have to see his words as law. Brothers and sisters, are you getting what I'm saying? It is not so much going to the promised land. That's a given. It is becoming the right person to cross over. That's what it is. It's always about you. Can you go to verse 2 quickly? Let, let, let me show you this right here. Verse 2, verse 2. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Just the, just, um, yeah, just verse 2. I need to show you a phrase in there. He said, uh, notice what he, what he said. He said, thou and all these people. You see it right here, that, that phrase? He said, I need you to go into the promised land. Not only you, it is you and who? You see it right here. All these people, and God was telling Joshua, the promised land for you is not only for you. Every family in that three million people, I have a lot for them there and a house for them. This is not about you as the leader. I'm concerned about everybody and God wants you to know he's concerned about every one of us getting to the promised land. It is for you and your children. So your kids will not go through the tough times. That we are going through. He had a lot for everybody. So he told Joshua, unless you think it's about you, it's about all these people. I got a lot for them. God has a lot for you. He has a place for you. He has a place for you. A place for you. Where he can use you. Where he can bless you. Where you can see the power of God flow in your life. It's a wonderful land. It's a beautiful land. 
It's a beautiful place to be. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be. Since it's a wonderful place to be. And I'm hoping that, glory be to Jesus, you'll be challenged to get there. As I said, glory be to Jesus. I'm going to share more on this. But I need you to first see God's word as of today, as law. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.